0: So, Jr. there have been some interesting developments in next year's governor's race. Lobbyist Bill McCauschen has decided not to run for governor after all. McCauschen was Commerce Secretary under former Republican Governor Tommy Thompson and had long been signaling that he would make a bid. He announced his decision not to run just as powerful national lobbying firm Michael Best purchased his smaller company. Turns out McCauschen will be a partner with that firm. So this leaves former GOP Lieutenant Governor Rebecca Clayfish still as the lone Republican in the race to unseat Democratic incumbent Governor Tony Evers next year. Do you think the more time that goes by, the greater the chances are that Clayfish will not face a GOP primary?
1: Well, she may face a primary, but not necessarily from a high-profile candidate other than herself. So there are others who have registered to run. There's a Jonathan Wickman, who's a businessman, who had indicated he would have run in a recall election against Tony Evers if it had been successful, which it came nowhere near being successful in getting the number of signatures needed, at least as far as we can tell. But So he's out there. Other people have looked at it. But right now we're really kind of watching two people. Uh, one of them is John Mako, who is a state lawmaker from up in the Green Bay area. He told me a couple weeks ago that he was willing to... Match up to $250,000 that his supporters may donate to his campaign to help get a bit off the ground as he weighed his options. He's not committing to a run, but let's say, look at one. And there's Kevin Nicholson, who's an interesting case because Nicholson ran for U.S. Senate in 2018. He has basically been saying that he might run for governor or U.S. Senate. He's not committing to either one right now. Normally, you're going to see somebody who kind of goes for one office and not look at both, but the question becomes for Nicholson, how long can he wait? Uh, the perception among many people in the, in the Capitol is that Nicholson is more interested in U.S. Senate than he is in the governor's office, but Ron Johnson is still not indicated what he's going to do in 2022.
0: And now, at the same time, a new political action committee announced last week that it's going to help Clayfish win the election. The new group, Freedom Wisconsin, is headed by Stephen Thompson, former chair of the Republican Party of Wisconsin, and he also led former Republican Governor Scott Walker's 2014 reelection campaign. Political action committees are allowed to raise unlimited amounts of money for a candidate. What kind of impact do you think this will have on the race?
1: all depends what kind of money the PAC raises. Um, One thing to remember about finance laws in Wisconsin is that Republicans changed them uh, in 2015 to allow political parties to raise money in limited donations and make transfers to candidates in unlimited amounts. Why that's important is that the state Democratic Party of Wisconsin has been a fundraising machine under Ben Wickler, the state party chair, The parties then be able to help Democratic candidates, including Governor Tony Evers. Uh, It's already given him several million dollars toward his reelection bid. So for Republicans, you have to try and find a way to, to counter that. Now, when all the groups weigh in in 2022, it's all said and done. The spending probably won't be that different if it's a competitive race, but Democrats have uh, an advantage right now because they have the governor's office, which helps make it easier for state parties to raise money and Ben is using those to his advantage, plus his national contacts, and Wisconsin being a swing state in the Senate race, um, to raise lots of money. Then it helps Tony Evers. So for this PAC, for Clayfish, it could help raise amounts of money as well. The state GOP, you would say, well, Republican Party could try and balance out what the Democrats are doing. That's true, but the state Republican Party has not been able to raise as much money as the Democratic Party has. So they're a little behind right now. This pack is one more avenue for Clayfish to try and level the playing field financially. Now, we'll see how it plays out. Now, there's no guarantee this PAC can raise money anywhere near what the state Democratic Party has done. We're not sure what the GOP field will look like, if there will be others get in. All those kinds of things are out there.
0: Also, Clayfish says she raised $1.2 million from individuals in just the few days following her announcement on September 9th is that considered a significant amount of money in that time frame?
1: Oh, absolutely, but you know, the reality is Clayfish has been putting in the foundation for a bid for a while. Remember, she created a PAC in 2020 to raise money and give it to GOP candidates. She created a nonprofit, sort of advocacy group called the 1848 Project Incorporated to advance ideas that look a lot like a campaign platform. She's been out there running for a while. I mean, even though she's not actually been in the race, She's been basically running for governor for a while. So the perception is that she likely had lined up a lot of this money ahead of time because that's what smart candidates do. They, When they're working the campaign trail, they get pledges from people. That way, when they get in, they can get a, a flood of cash, cash right away and say, look, here's the splash we're gonna make with this money. Now, same time, Governor Evers, in the first six months of the year, raised like $5 million and had like 3.1 million, I think, in individual donations. And he had $7.3 million in the bank. So again, it underscores that Evers has a head start financially. Clayfish's challenge is going to be to catch up. And oh, by the way, will she have a serious primary challenge that could drain resources ahead of the November election?
0: And finally, Democratic U.S. Senator and former presidential hopeful Elizabeth Warren has endorsed Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes in his bid for U.S. Senate. Barnes is running in a crowded Democratic primary for Republican Ron Johnson's seat next year. Johnson hasn't announced yet whether he's seeking a third term. Warren hails from the progressive wing of the Democratic Party. What kind of impact do you think her endorsement of Barnes has on the race?
1: Well, I I don't want to diminish it. I mean, endorsements are always good when you're running for office, as long as you are not from people who might embarrass you, right? So here you have a, a prominent figure in the Democratic Party endorsing Mandela Barnes. The thing, though, is I've been taught in years covering politics that endorsements matter the most and they come with money and infrastructure. You know, money is a resource you can use to get your name out there. Infrastructure, as in like supporters of people you can get to the polls, use used to do phone banks, all those kinds of things. You know, uh, Elizabeth Warren may give Mandela Barnes some kind of contribution from her PAC or personal campaign account, but she doesn't have a deep infrastructure in Wisconsin that's going to turn out voters for him in August of 2022. Um, she also, by the way, was polling in sixth place, in the Marquette University Law School poll uh, in February of 2020 before she dropped out of the race for president. So it's not like she is a dominant figure in Wisconsin politics. At the same time, it is a sign that Barnes is building support, which is good. Um, he's viewed as a frontrunner. Uh, all are good things for him. Just don't put so much emphasis on this endorsement as like a make-or-break thing in this race. Again, helps him, but not a huge factor when it comes to where this race is going to be next August.
0: That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.